0: Good morning. Hear then the word of the Lord from Psalm 22 and reading verses 23 to 31. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard When I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before him for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn saying that he has done it. Amen.
1: The Gospel reading today is from Mark 8, verses 31 to 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Holy wisdom and holy words. Thanks be to God.
2: If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. A few years back I led a Lent course during which I showed The people gathered a number of artists' interpretations of the crucifixion. One of the participants openly talked about how uncomfortable the images made her feel. I just don't like the thought of Jesus having to go through all of that, she said. It's just too awful. For how many of us has the cross become something to which we are maybe over familiar? that we have become desensitised as to the reality and the meaning. We have made the cross into a symbol, a piece of jewellery to be worn around our necks like a good luck charm, a shiny silver thing to be placed on the communion table, or hung onto a wall to indicate that we are in a church space. We've made the cross into a branch of theology to be dissected, We've made the cross into a mighty image, defining a global religion, and we sing of a wondrous cross and, occasionally, of an old rugged cross on a hill far away, to further create a sense of distance for us to confront that which we really need to think about. That shiny cross on the communion table, that similar power and status, is in direct contradiction with the reality of a highly brutal and effective instrument of both torture and execution lucy winkett in her talk god made strange questions what the church is doing and saying when it uses the cross as a symbol such a powerful and yet abhorrent image she said it is like having at the end of your worship space a bunch of flowers on a replica of an electric chair. Have we become desensitised, inured to the pain and suffering of Christ, or is it still something too awful to even think about so that we try and avoid it, make it somehow acceptable and consumable for those of us with a nervous disposition? In today's passage, Jesus speaks very frankly with his disciples about what the coming days and weeks will hold for him personally suffering rejection death but also resurrection for some of them peter in particular it is all just far too much to bear peter seems to be of the view that jesus must be wrong that events cannot and must not turn out the way that he describes maybe peter is scared and worried Maybe he just doesn't want Jesus to have to face these terrible things. The image of the cross doesn't fit in with the agenda that Peter has in mind for Jesus. After all, a short while later, when Jesus is up on the mountaintop with Moses and Elijah, Peter will try to prevent him from coming back down to the harsh realities of the world, where they will then have to head towards Jerusalem and the cross. So Peter challenges Jesus. Enough of this nonsense. He is all too well aware of what the cross means. He will have seen friends fall victim to the Roman authorities, that slow, agonising death over hours and even days. The pain, the slow strangulation, and the potential for the carcass to be attacked by wild animals and carrion scavengers. This is unacceptable for you to have to go through this. So Peter's rebuke is met in kind by Jesus when he cries out, get behind me Satan. Jesus also will not suffer any nonsense. Whatever Peter's motivation, however well-intentioned he may be, his rebuke of Jesus amounts to nothing less than a denial of the reality that lies ahead. And to deny such reality is to undermine it to work against the path and what might be achieved through it. This is perhaps why Jesus' response seems so extreme. Jesus needs Peter and all of the others following him to to be aware of the consequences, both for Jesus and for each of them. The cross does await Jesus, but also the cross awaits all who would follow Jesus. We are not called to make the pain and suffering of the world acceptable and tolerable for us to cope with. Nor are we to harden our hearts to the realities of the suffering around us. Jesus calls us to compassion, to confront and even to go into the place of suffering, to do that which seems counterintuitive. Henry Nouwen reflected upon the role of compassion uh, through his work with uh, the L'Arche community, working with people with significant learning disabilities. And he says this, compassion is hard because it requires the inner disposition to go with others to the place where they are weak, vulnerable, lonely, and broken. But this is not our spontaneous response to suffering. What we desire most is to do away with suffering by fleeing from it, or finding a quick cure for it. We spend our lives fleeing from the hurt and the pain, and in so doing we fail to realise that our own lives have become diminished as a result. We have failed to live out the fullness of our own humanity. Thomas Merton highlights the paradox that the more you try to avoid suffering, the more you suffer because smaller and more insignificant things begin to torture you in proportion to your fear of being hurt. The one who does most to avoid suffering is in the end often the one who suffers the most. Jesus will take that path to the cross because it is the ultimate expression of compassion. Jesus embraced the cross in love for us and in faith that God will see him through this difficult event. By accepting the cross, Jesus reminds us that he is present to all of us in our pain and suffering. He stands with all who suffer in their pain. He takes up the cross to remind us that God does not abandon us when the going gets tough, but he's right there at the center of our struggles. Up to this point, Jesus has been speaking alone with his disciples, but now he widens the circle Calling the crowd to join them as he speaks about the true cost of discipleship and what a cost it is. Jesus paints a picture of an all or nothing commitment, a challenge that will lead not only to the cross but also to life. One cannot be gained without the other. With his words, Jesus challenges any kind of a concept of a comfortable Christianity. The choice to follow Christ has real and challenging consequences and he wants each of us to go in with our eyes open. For all who would be true followers of Jesus, you can only be so by being people of compassion, being prepared to go into those places of pain and hurt and to offer healing, comfort and hope. Compassion literally means to suffer with, And it is the way to the truth that we are most ourselves when we differ not when we differ from others, but when we are the same. Indeed, the main spiritual question is not what difference do you make, but what do you have in common? It is not excelling but serving that makes us the most human. When we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who instead of giving advice and solutions, rather share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand that friend who can be silent with us in the moment of despair and confusion who stays with us in that hour of grief and bereavement that is the friend who truly cares being compassionate is not easy but it is the way of the cross just like peter jesus is challenging us when we do the equivalent of the school child sticking their fingers in their air and doing la 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 to the things that we do not wish to see or hear so let's hear those words from jesus again if any want to become my followers let them deny themselves take up their cross and follow me For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. What parts of that reading do you find the most challenging and why? During this Lenten period, what might be some of the things you need to lose so that you might follow Christ more closely On the way to Golgotha the place of the scar and who might Christ be calling you to serve with compassion as part of your walk of faith so this Lenten Tide may we have the courage to realize that we need to be people of compassion and may God help us to seek out and serve those who are most in need this time. And in so doing, we honour Christ as we live out our faith. May God give us that strength, that courage to be compassionate people this day and forevermore. Amen.